Am I talking to you or to Mike Tyson? To Mike and me. I'm the co-host. Are you the co-host? Yes, sir. It's good to see you. You look incredible. Uh, for what? <laughs> you look incredible for your age. You guys are ready to rock? All right, I'll bring us in. They'll bring us our teas. Go for it. Isn't free to hot boxing exclusively available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. If you love the show, share it with a friend and don't forget to leave us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Hot Boxing with Mike Tyson. I'm Evan Britton. And I'm Mike Tyson. And Mike, we've got, I mean, what can we Legendary say? Legendary status, man. Legend. God status, man. William Shatner, welcome oh, yeah. welcome no, to the show. Funny. You know, I, you, Captain I, Kirk. In the, in the course of a, of a career, you do a lot of these things here, but I've never been so uh, happy to be at one. Thank you. That's awesome. talking with you. This is really beautiful. We appreciate that very much. Well, I've been an admirer of Mike's for a long time. Uh, saw film on him when he, when he was younger and followed his career with awe as he went through his fights and and then the journey uh, through his life. I've, I've followed it pretty closely. So I'm excited to talk to you about awesome. it. That's be That's so awesome. Cool. And, of course, you know, we watched you since puberty before puberty and childhood infancy <laughs> yeah mike i have to say william mr shatner sir bill 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 um i i remember when i was six or seven years old living in new york city i was born in new york city lived in brooklyn my father was a painter an artist and uh on this particular night i went into the city with him to go to one of his art openings and afterward, he took me to a video store, and he said, Eb, you can pick out any video you want. I said, okay. And at that time, it was still VHS. And I found one of the original Star Trek series, a videotape. It had like three episodes Wasn't on there it. Were there any Cleons on there? No, but this one episode, it became like sort of an allegory for my life. This man, Captain Kirk, had crash-landed on this planet. And he had to fight off these Yeti-like Bigfoot alien creatures. And I was trying to find what episode it was last night, but I couldn't find it. But I have to say, I was like, Captain Kirk is one of the baddest-ass dudes I've ever well, seen in my life. Well, a beautiful childhood memory of yours with your dad. Absolutely. A lot of people do that. Yeah, I saw it with my father, and I said, but, uh, but my interest here this afternoon uh, is with uh, you guys and with Mike Tyson. This, um, did you watch uh, any of the football games this this past weekend? And yes. I won't say which weekend you and what teams. I've been hearing a lot about this guy, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Unbelievable. That's exactly where I was going. about him. That's exactly where yeah. I was going. He's There's another guy, Lamar There's Jackson. another guy they try to compare with him to. Every so often in, a, in an era, in a decade, in an yeah. age, an athlete emerges. And you're like, that is like one of the great. That's what human beings are supposed to be like physically. And when you came out, it was the same thing. Here was a boxer whose talent was limitless. Lamar Jackson is a a quarterback whose talent, you just didn't know the limits. He's just starting. Your talents as a boxer was unknown. And, And in everything, as an actor, as an athlete who rides a... Whose sport now is uh, uh, competing on horses in various disciplines, but in every walk of life, you need you need the confirmation. You need whatever your body's required to do. You need the talent to whatever it is you're doing. But most importantly, you need the hunger. You need the rage. You need Desire. the 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 intensity. You need the wanting, and the wanting can't be taught. Can't be bought. It's there yeah. or it's not there. Yeah. So you, he came out as a boxer, and, and that's where I wanted to go with you. My, my bewilderment in fighting. Can I go there with you? Please. Please. I, I, as a kid in school, for a number of reasons, I was in a fight two, three times a day in Montreal, Canada. I was defending myself, and I had to take on one, two, three people at a time. And I, somebody gave me a, a yearbook for my high school that I hadn't seen, and, and my nickname was Tuffy because I was always in a fight. 
But the fights we were in, especially in the winter in Canada, with your heavy overcoats and everything, you swing and you hit, you know, not much happens. You're wrestling around on the ground. I've never been in an adult fight where a guy has got this as a weapon and wants to knock me down, and presumably the rage is to kill. I was once in a in a in a uh, in a actor's uh, makeup room. I was in my makeup room, and I'd had a tussle with the guy with a fellow actor backstage he had said something and we swung and we missed and it was all okay and he comes in my room and kicks the door shut and we're <laughs> locked in a room together okay Holy and i am so shit. angry that i'm looking at his jugular and i'm thinking i'll leap on him and bite his jugular that's how animal i had been and the door opened up and they stopped us from from fighting that's as close as an adult as i come to fighting really yeah wow. i have never had a guy pound my face, pound my body as an adult who could kill me. Mm. That's the feeling I want to know about. Mm. And you saying really like amazing, like you've never been in a fight, my God. <laughs> who hasn't been in a fight? A lot of people haven't been in a fight. Well, that's interesting because I, I explained it to my wife. I told my wife, I said, um, this during our um, period when we were just really getting to know each other as a married couple. And I said, um, you have to understand, what I did for a living, people avoid their whole entire life. That's right. Yeah. That's yeah. right. That's the dichotomy. That's, that and the, the difference in our upbringing. I know you came from the streets. I know you were a tough guy on the streets, age 16. Customato finds you. You find Customato. You start boxing. And this talent that you had, but also the rage. Mm. And perceived to be rage is is really not rage. The perception of rage. Tell me about that. Fighting is a fighting is um, fighting is all about. The art of fighting is not fighting; it's the perception of fighting. Wow! I, 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 give me an example of <laughs> the perception of the person who. What is his name? Um, Achilles, the greatest warrior of all. Your perception of fighting him. Right. Well, so the perception of fighting him would be to run away unless you knew that his heel, that his uh, tendon in his heel was the only vulnerable part of his body. Exactly. But in order to do that, you have to risk the chance. You have to run around in circles. Whatever it is, you have to take that risk. And that's what fighting is about, taking risk. Okay, so, so... Let's not talk about the guys in the ring who now, you know, you're covering up and you're jabbing and you're not allowed to kick. And you can't kick him in the balls and, and, and you can't use your fingers to poke his eyes out. Things that on the street, if you had to save your life, you might be doing anything you can think of in minimal, minimal amounts of stuff that you've read about that are, that are hurtful or, or deadly, you would be doing to save your life. But now you're a kid. And you're able to kick and bite. and That is as primitive as the Vikings with their broadswords. The Vikings with their broad... Before uh, guns, when you had to face the enemy with a knife or a sword or your hands, does anybody ever forget that? Nobody talks in history of of, uh, battle fatigue. That's interesting that you bring that up. You know, you know how um, gladiators got discovered during war, and some of the captives, prisoners of war, um, um, some of the some of the other warriors say I'm a Greek and I caught some Persian. Yeah. So we're bored. So we're not fighting 24 hours. We, the war doesn't even last long. 20 minutes for the war was the war's over. They they break up and they plan to fight another war. Mm-hmm. So this scrimmage stuff. But when they catch some. Persians or something. So the Greeks go like they get bored. They say, hey, let's make them fight each other. And then they start fighting each other, and then they fight to their death. And then some of the guys, the, the Greeks, give some of the Persians some of the winning of the money they made. And so they say, wow, I got money. 
They start, they, the first time they're prison, now I'm, they're established. Now we're eating and drinking from fighting. I like fighting. For entertainment. Yeah, I'm yeah. eating. They gave me money. And so now that's how they created wars, and that's how gladiators got created. Uh, I understand. Now, that's an interesting phrase. I like fighting. Hmm. Do we know people who like fighting? Absolutely. But they don't like hurting people. Isn't that something? Yeah. So how do you how do you explain that? Because you ought to hurt somebody to win the fight, right? Absolutely. But the fact is... Um, and you're talking about yourself? No, I'm talking about fighters in general. But you in particular? No, I, I like I like the fact of hurting somebody in a, in a, in a match. In the ring. Fighting. Yeah. That that was scary for them. Yeah. I for like the that. opponent, they knew that you liked hurting them. Yeah, and it's not that I, I like hurting them. I like to portray the perception that I like hurting people. So wait a minute. You're talking about a, uh, several levels of things going on. You, you removed yourself from absolutely liking to hurt somebody, but you wanted to give the perception of liking to hurt somebody. Exactly. But in reality, you didn't like to hurt yeah, somebody. But, with the percep- but why did you like to give that perception? Because with that perception, he becomes intimidated. Uh, intimidated. Yes. You're the intimidator. Yes. By saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat your children. No, by thinking I'm going to eat your children. That's what I mean. Not by saying it. No, you wouldn't eat their children because they don't taste particularly. You need a lot of hot sauce. The, the, but the perception. It's all perception, yes. And so when you said, I'm going to tell him I'm going to eat his kids, it was all, I'm a beast and I'm coming in the ring and, I'm going to, uh, and I'll start eating you first before I eat your kids. Absolutely. And some of my, some of my prior um, annex over the years, he saw he's possibly I will eat his kids. But, but wait a minute. <laughs> I love this. So you're... The first question is, why do you want to give that? Is it to intimidate them? But... but I'm going to eat your kids is, is like, that goes beyond. Absolutely. And you meant it to go beyond. Absolutely. You were trying to think of the, what's the worst thing I can think of to intimidate him? Probably, yeah. But you wouldn't do that out of the ring? No. Did you never intimidate anybody out of the ring? Before boxing? Anything other to do than with boxing? Any other endeavor? Did you ever try to intimidate somebody? I never knew what intimidated was. I know what I knew what intimidated was, but I didn't know what it was because I was always intimidated as a kid. I, that's what I saw in the film, and that's what I wanted to talk to you about: the fear, because you were as afraid as I am about being in a fight because I don't want to get banged up and I don't want to go to a hospital. I don't want to die. You're living on the streets, and you're fighting for your life every day. So you had to. Did you use intimidation then? Not much when I was a kid. But I would just fight somebody. I wasn't. Um, I but wasn't, you were winning. I wasn't aggressive. Fights. Yeah, I was winning. But I wasn't you were an aggressive a strong guy. kid. I just um, listen. Um, this is really weird. It just came to me naturally. It was fighting. Great. Oh, Even when I didn't natural. want to do it, it came to me naturally. Even when I was scared to fight the guy, I might hit him and I break his nose by accident. Things stop. Stupid stuff like that. No, I'm no, scared. it's not stupid at all. It's incredible. Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, because animals, dogs, horses have natural instincts instincts to yeah. do whatever it is they're supposed to do. You can only teach a horse or a dog so much, but if they've been bred to uh, herd sheep. Like like police shepherds, they're particularly prone to listening to orders, and they and they've been bred to to do certain. Part of our behavior is is our genetic structure. We're probably half half of what we are has been passed on to us. Whether it's a tendency to like shellfish or or to, to have a good right cross or whatever it is, half of what we've got has been handed to us from our parents. The other half is yeah. – I don't think you get much argument that half is nurture and half is nature. Exactly. Listen, I want to go to this other level of intimidation. I want you to get to the essence of it. Don't do, no, do that. Do. So intimidation came I to put, you. I put that out there. I'm easier. I put intimidation out there because I'm scared. So I want to talk to you about being scared. What does yeah. being scared mean? 
Which, tell me what. T- t- give me an example of a being, guy being being afraid is an illusion of your worst nightmare. Yes, it's, that will never it's coming true. If you live to be a hundred years old, your what are you worst talking about? Here comes a big happen. guy. What are you five eleven? Five ten and a half. Five. My height. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> five ten and a half, and we fought for every half inch. Yeah. So if I said 5'11", you had to be totally honest. You could have said, yeah, I'm 5'11", but 5'10 and a half because you're exact. Exactly. Right. Okay. I like... I a like, guy 6'3 is coming at you. Yeah. That's fearful. It is. But it's something that um, I know, even though I'm only afraid because I'm human, but I'm not intimidated. Even as a huh. kid on the streets? No, I'm not intimidated. I'm, I'm afraid to death, but not intimidated. All right. Define for me what you mean by being a, you're afraid, but you're not intimidated. Because I would think the, the two... Being afraid is a feeling. This is how I feel because of this. Yeah. The feeling. Being intimidated, but it's just a feeling, but it doesn't mm. stop me from acting. Ah, and being intimidated makes you... Being intimidated prevents me from acting. Yes. If it, put, it, stops me, it, it stops me in my track. Right. Mm. Like a deer in the headlight. Right. I can't perform at the highest level that I normally perform because I'm intimidated. Got it. Mm. So you were afraid but not intimidated. Never intimidated. I'm not afraid. Listen, um, let's do it from a fighting term, not even a street term. Let's go pop. Fighting is not as violent. I don't care who you are, how big you are, what reputation you got. If you hit me, I'm going to hit you back. And, and I'm going to hit you back with the intentions of hurting you. Most big guys don't expect that to come back from people. They expect a little back, but they don't expect people to fight them to the end. Uh huh. That's what I realized. On the street, huh? On the in street, the ring too. You know, well, in the street, it could be instant. In the street, they could put a gun or a knife. I'm talking about in the, in the ring when it's just you and another man. Right. And he and he throws his, and you throw your back, and he throws his, and you don't stop. You do you feel what night. he? Do you feel what he when he hits you? Do you feel it? Sometimes. Does it hurt? Sometimes. Mike, I love you, Mike. I just I love the answers. I love I love your your uh, your passion, your feeling, your allowing yourself to open up the way you are. No, um, how can you be a fighter if you're not afraid? Fighters have to understand the concept of dealing with fear. Does that ever? Did Cuss ever talk to you about? That? Absolutely, I learned everything I learned from Cuss. So he talked about fear and absolutely. How to, oh my goodness, I never thought that would be a because people wonder if they said they're not afraid, they're either insane or they're lying. Right, and that goes for anybody in the ring. Fear is um, fear is our friend. Fear is like fire. You know what I mean? If you um, if you're afraid of it and you let it get out of control, it can destroy you and everything around you. But if you control it, it can cook food for you. It can heat you. keep you warm. Mm. It can be your friend. It can fight for you. Mm. Hello. Hey, Mike. What's up, Evan? Man, I'm just feeling really overwhelmed right now, dude. I- I've hit a wall. I don't know. I- I'm a little angry. Listen, Evan, I wish I could help you, but I'm not a trained therapist. I know, but you always give such great advice. I appreciate that, but I think you should check out Talkspace. Talkspace? Talkspace is the online therapy that makes it easy to talk about your life, deal with your stress, and achieve your goals. And they have real therapists? Over 5,000 licensed and trained therapists that can help you with your depression, your addiction, your stress, your relationship, and more. And I do this all from the privacy of my phone or computer? Absolutely. That's awesome. Because stigma about mental health keeps many people, especially men, from speaking up. But with Talkspace, you don't have to worry about it. Whether you're training for a marathon or trying to get a new job, achieving goals, start with a strong mind. And Talkspace Online Therapy is there to help you. But I can still call and talk to you, right, Mike? Mike? Huh. Must have gotten disconnected. Anyway... The bottom line is that we could all benefit from therapy. Talkspace wants to give more of us a chance to achieve our goals and feel our best at a price we can afford. 
As a listener of Hotboxing, you can get $100 off your first month on Talkspace to match with your perfect therapist for a fraction of the price of traditional therapy. Go to Talkspace.com or download the app. Make sure to use the code TYSON to get $100 off your first month and show your support for the show. That's Tyson and Talkspace.com. As we head into the back half of the NFL season, it's always a bittersweet moment. It's hard to believe half the season's over. But the good news is there is even better football on the horizon. The NFL playoff push, college football playoff arguments, and soon enough, bowl season. So if you're looking to get excited, make BetDSI.com your betting partner. That's right, Mike. And it couldn't be any easier because new members at BetDSI get 100% bonus match using promo code TYSON101. Whoa, that's pretty awesome, man. You can use your sports knowledge to make some extra cash. And who couldn't use a little extra cash? Make a little bread while watching TV. They have the fastest payouts in the industry. Simply play, win, and get paid. Wow. New members get 100% bonus match using promo code TYSON101. That's double your money to start winning today. Once again, go to BetDSI.com and use promo code TYSON101 and get this limited time 100% bonus offer to get yourself paid. It's only a game until you bet it. BetDSI. I saw you, what was the name of it? Was he a light heavyweight, that wonderful, graceful man who put his arm around your shoulders to talk to you about fear? He was training with you. What was his name? Teddy Atlas. And he had his arm around you. And you were 18. And you were weeping going into the ring. And I don't know what you were weeping about. I always cry before I fight. You did? Always cry before yeah. I fight? What were you crying about? I don't know. I'm just, uh, that's just who I am. Yeah, but go further. What's the emotion? Are you, you know, I'm getting ready to change into somebody I don't like. You're getting ready to change yeah. you. Change into the fighter. Yeah. And you don't like that fight. Not really. No, not really. Wow. Mike Tyson. That's illuminating. You are the greatest fighter that ever lived. And you didn't like that guy. He brought more than just fighting with him. What do you mean? He brought, like, jealousy, enviness, guilt. He brought a lot of stuff. All the bad qualities yeah. that you learned were bad, Yeah, you assigned to that Mike Tyson. Yeah. That isn't the Mike Tyson I'm talking no, to. No, no, not at all. That's interesting. You said no one ever you know, put that together. But, yeah, that's who I was. Everything that was bad was that guy. Everything I remember from my past, my mother, my family. With that guy. And, and you were able to cut him off at some point in time? He's tough to cut off. He's my ego. He doesn't want to go. Right. So he's still with you? Yeah, he's, 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 to a lesser degree or yeah, the he's, same he's degree? He's more in the control now by far. But, but one that's in control or at times gets out of control? I, I hope not. He always sneaks up every now and then. Let me tell you a moment that I had with George Foreman. I was in the ring with George Foreman. Really? Yeah, in a show that I did with him. I'd, I traveled the world with George Foreman two years. I had the best time with him. He's awesome. He's awesome. So we're in Thailand, and we're and they're in the boxing ring, and they go and they bring up uh, George, and George goes in, and they all applaud because they're all the Thai fighters all know him, and uh, and of course I. uh, I'd known a little bit about George at that point, know him a little bit better now. But they said, and I used to box uh, as a kid, uh, just fooling around, basically. But as the characters I played, I pretended I knew what to do and how to shoot. You had a good physique. I used to watch you. I had a good physique, and I had the technique. You know, I, 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 I punched from the from the hip. (laughs) (laughs) but i (laughs) so i get in the ring with uh, george and uh and i had talked a little bit about george who said basically the same thing that he liked liked to when he was younger he liked to hit people he went into the ring to kill somebody he he wasn't two people he was in touch with that other person more when he was before he had this transformation 
So he said, yeah, I used to be a killer, but uh, I don't do that anymore. Now I'm dancing around him, and I'm popping with a... (laughs) Popping. (laughs) And then I see the fire... (laughs) You know how sometimes you see a horror film and they put up. a light in the in the eye? I see the eye light up <laughs> and the killer is there for an instant. I, I looked into the killer and, and, and then we did a pretend. He swings at me and I and I took it like a movie punch. I've seen pictures of him in his prime. He's picking up a, uh, a full-grown cow. He was a bull. He was, he was, he was a beast. A full-grown cow. He's yeah. pressing a full and then. Cow. He had a transformation unlike anything you've ever heard or maybe other people have had, but it was an extraordinary moment. So that's the two of Mike Tyson's. Yeah, you have to look at this. This is really interesting. You're a fighter, but this is, you know, hurting people's interesting, but you go like this. The more you hurt someone, the more the people's going to love you. The more you hurt somebody, the more people are going to love you. The more spectacular you hurt them. The more spectacular you knock them out, the more they're going to love you. All right. And now I'm going to ask you, I don't know how this program, along this program is, but I'm going to ask you a question I wanted. It's all good. In your honesty and in your your absolute uh, honesty, your reality. So I was in the the, uh, arena uh, the the night uh, you and um, Holyfield. I was there uh, as a guest of one of the sponsors, I guess. And I saw you fight, and I saw you bite him on the ear. And then I saw, we all saw the footage and all that kind of thing. So linking up what you've just said about Mike Tyson and the, uh, the good and the bad, who bit and why did you bite him on the ear? I was really out of control because he kept butting my head and he took me totally out of my game plan, which was um, was a really awesome plan on his behalf. <laughs> Tell me what the plan was. I mean, he took me off my game Well, plan. what was the game? What, what, what did you go in wanting to do? Constantly attack him and punch me and constantly attack him. Mm. And um, every time I came in, he butted my head. Mm. And I didn't care even though he butted my head because I was butting his head back. But when he was butting me, he was cutting me. You know, and I got mad because he was, he. I don't know why I got mad. I was almost being a brat because I got mad. You were almost being a what? A brat because I got mad because he's more than a brat, my friend. He was beating me at being a better dirty fighter than me, Mm. and I got pissed off Mm. because he was getting away with headbutting you. I was headbutting him too. He was doing a better job than I was. (laughs) So you you lost control. Yeah. And the guy that I looked into in that dressing room, thinking, I'll bite him on the jugular. I mean, it's total animal. Mm. That's what you felt that moment on the ear? No, that's who we are. Well, we are. That's who, that's who we are. And know what happens, too? Mm-hmm. On this process of evolution, some people get, more, some people get domesticated faster than others. <laughs> or somebody have a, some people have a background that doesn't lead to that domestication exactly. right Exactly. But, you know, we all don't get domestic at the same time. Right. You know, some people have to learn faster than others, some learn slower than others. But that was a street fight maneuver, was it not? No, it was just um, undisciplined. Reality. No, 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 no. Michael, Michael, biting somebody, <laughs> taking a hunk of flesh out of no, somebody's but, but, ear. In the streets, it's a... But if you're, in a, if you're in a control atmosphere, like a control sport, that's just really undisciplined. That's one word for uh, to apply to it, undisciplined. The other is such rage that you knew that you would get called for it. I mean, you might not have been thinking then that I, if I do this, I'll get called for it, but the the impulse to do it comes out of a, oh, absolutely yeah. but it, it doesn't really come out of rage it comes listen in my situation it came out of me being a fucking dick being Mike and I can get away do whatever I want it wasn't like fuck you I'm gonna kill you motherfucker like, you motherfucker it, was it wasn't that yeah it was like you motherfucker and I bet it wasn't like oh, I'm gonna kill you motherfucker so you mean it was more calculated yeah wow what do you think about that when you think about Mike Tyson who did that? What, what's your thought about that? It came from me um, being a prima donna. I could do what the fuck I want. Oh, okay. You, were, you had been the king of the world. Yeah. And that went to your head, you think? 
No, my um, my lifestyle went to my head. What? Not being king of the world, my lifestyle went to my head. That's what I mean. Yeah. As being, you had everything. Yeah, I can do it. You had I monumental want. money. You had monumental women. It wasn't that. Because having all that, I was still empty. That didn't fulfill my whole. It didn't. No, that stuff don't fulfill You were still empty. Yeah. You know, when you have a hole like that, you have to go to something bigger than yourself. What's yeah. and what, have you found that? I don't know. It's um, it's me. You know, all all that stuff that I was doing, that wasn't me. This is you. Yeah, I had to discover. Is this you? Was. Yeah, I truly believe this is me. Talking, relating with, doing business. Absolutely, I've never done this before. Are you good at it? It, it, it seems to be. I'm pretty good at it. I got you here. Have you got the intuition about people, instincts about people? I don't know. I'm comfortable with the people I'm with. Anybody outside of that, that might be pretty skeptical. But uh-huh. my, my, my pretty much. Are you shy, Mike? In, in, in certain cases, maybe. Uh, basically, then, are you comfortable being in a room with strangers, or, or uh, you would you rather not be there and? Be with people you know. If I can learn from them, I like to be around. Ah. I look at people as teachers. I used to look at people as competitors or women as just um, somebody I could sleep with or have a loveful encounter with. But I look at people now as my teachers. That's fantastic. Bill, how about that desire and that passion that we kicked this thing off with, talking about Lamar Jackson maybe being the NFL's version of a Mike Tyson, this yeah, this perfect. ultimate expression of humanity through exactly. athletic exactly. ability. I mean, you have you're a cultural icon, man. Like, and you created this persona of yourself. Did you bring that? Did you have that passion and that desire infused in your acting career? You had to. There's no doubt. Um. You know, I I don't recall. I mean, I'm probably more passionate about performing now because mm. uh, I'm so busy and I'm on and I'm running and I'm and uh, and I'm thinking this last two weeks, for example, I, when I started this last two weeks and I had to go to uh, uh, Saudi Arabia and then I had to go to uh, Ticonderoga and then I had to go to New York and then I went to, to Ottawa and I went and I'm flying and I'm dying and I'm dry, and I'm driving and I'm talking and I'm performing and and I'm thinking I don't know whether I can do that. Not only because I'm the age I am, and getting that heavy suitcase up into the up into the uh, thing up there with my shoulders is getting harder to do. In fact, I know I'm getting older. You know how I'm getting older. You know how I know I'm getting older. Uh, can I help you, sir? <laughs> I'm getting a lot of that. What do you mean? Can I help you, sir? What do I look like? I need. Would you mind helping me with this bag? Excuse me. Would you mind helping me getting the bag down? I know I'm old. That's interesting. Um, I talked to George Foreman not too long. Last time I was at a, a boxing um, event. You know, it wasn't a boxing, but just like a um, Hall of Fame, something, just an award show. And his daughter had just died. And I was t- saying, um, I'm sorry about your loss. And he was saying, hey, listen, um, I'm happy to be alive to see a lot of things. Is that what he said? He was just grateful. I sent him a, a note myself when his daughter if died. If I wasn't around, I wouldn't be able to see this. And I was thinking that too. And then, so you're right here, and I was saying, I'm holy 87. Somebody me? Told me? Somebody told you 87. 80, Am I? 83. Yeah. Whatever, something like that. I'm in that area. Listen, so what, tell me, do you, do you think about dying? Do, it, what? do you think about dying? All the time. Yeah? Yeah. Do you think it's going to be pretty exciting? No. I think it is. I don't want to leave. Really? Well, I'm having too good a time. Oh, I think, listen, if this is great, um, death has to be fucking glorious. No, it can't be. Oh, but it's, God. it's just the cessation of all, of everything, Mike. I think that's when we reach our highest um, plateau. You mean in the moment of dying? I'm only when we no longer exist. That's our greatest. Well, let me, let me, uh, uh, let's, let us lead into that. Okay. And let me tell you this story. I watched two deep sea divers on, in, on a, on film. And they're working on a, um, on the platform of an oil rig. So they're like 800 feet down. They're in hard suits. They got, and they've got the umbilical cord and there's a boat 
uh, 800 feet up there, uh, hovering over them, being guided Give by... Them air. Huh? Giving them air. They're getting air from the boat? Getting air from the boat. And communication and everything. It's their umbilical cord. And the boat is hovering over them by means of a computer. So the computer is running directly over them, and it, it turns left, turns right automatically. Computer goes out. The boat starts to drift. The boat starts to pull the divers along with it as it's drifting out. One guy is clear of the platform. The other guy gets caught in the platform, and the boat, boat, pull, boom. The umbilical cord on this guy stops. He's got a can of oxygen, gives him five minutes of life. He clambers on top of the the half-built platform, lies on top, sucks on the oxygen, and meanwhile, the other guy is saying, we've only got five minutes to get him back. Takes 34 minutes to get him back. The the diver gets his body, brings the body, brings it to the uh, the uh, the the vehicle that's brought them down. Gets him into it, and they lock the doors. and And he's supposed to be dead. Mm. He's alive. Mm. And when he comes to, all he can say is, "It's all right." The guy's name is Tom. It's all right, Tom. That's what he says. It's mm. all right. And Tom thinks he means he's okay. When he came to consciousness fully, the guy said, no, I died, and it's all right, mm. was what he said. And I thought, I was moved to tears, because to me, it's going to be painful. To me, you're going to be alone. To me, it's the end of all the good things, all the wonderful, you're sitting here, you finally have done it, Mike Tyson. You've got the respect of the world, you've got the respect of everybody around, you've got this wonderful business going, you've got it. You've got everything you want peacefully. Why would you want to leave? You don't want to leave, do you? Do you? Wow. Do you want to leave? Why don't you make it like it's frightening to leave and go somewhere? I wrote a script in which the soldier, who was a brave man, has a heart attack, has a near-death experience, and in his near-death experience, it isn't white clouds and, and angels. It's demons. We've got you. Come. Well, and then they pull him back. The doctors pull him back. And now, instead of being a brave man, he doesn't want to die. I'm a coward. He leaves his wife and children in jeopardy because he doesn't want to die. He's afraid of dying. That's the story I wrote. That's interesting, but I think this is all an illusion. You're not afraid of dying. No, I was. I was at one time. And now? No, no. Um, because you found what? Because I found that how could we have glorious moments in life and not have it in death? How, why would God allow us to be born to make us feel miserable, to make us have fear of dying? You know we have more in tune with an earthworm than anything else. Our, G, our DNA is like 55% of an earthworm. And the trees and, and us have the same. We're all linked I know we're all one. All one. We're all one. So does the earthworm going to live forever and have an afterlife? My my dog, my beloved dog. Hey, listen. Maybe that earthworm, the fact that you encountered him, you saw him, maybe he's your mother, maybe somebody that's dead and trying to see you. Well, that's another possible reincarnation. We see him, we step him. Get away from me, (laughs) motherfucker. That's, that's your relationship with your mother. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha, Ma. Finally. No, that's my thing. It's me, son. I love you. I'm so happy you're successful. Look at you. It's me. <laughs> yeah, never mind. Go <laughs> away from me. You got Shut the fuck me, up. You bug. <laughs> we may come back as a rock. <laughs> Imagine coming back as a rock. Well, granite is supposed to have some, some uh, 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 lifelike qualities. My point is if there's an afterlife for us, isn't there an afterlife for the earthworm? Listen, I say that too. I say, listen, I'm, yes. I'm, at, my, I'm at my son's baseball game and I'm watching some ants. And it's around the time of the year where they're about to die. It's getting cold. So I'm looking at these ants and, and I tell my wife, I said, look at these ants. I said, what they, what they accomplished in what, two months, the summer, the spring, we couldn't accomplish in a lifetime. But that's exactly right. Right? And then I said, just like we're watching them, there's somebody watching us. And if you don't believe that, then you're, that's why they made the ego, mm. to believe that we're, there's nothing bigger than us. Well, there may very well be a lot of things bigger than us, but it seems to be that when you go, you're gone in your present form, and you may have another life in another universe, but the things you love here don't seem to 
come back. I mean, we're interesting. You said love because love is um, love supersedes our existence. If we go into that level now, well, I'm not. I don't know about that. Yeah, love, love supersedes. Well, love in making the earth, in making the world. Forget that. My love for somebody will last forever, and they would know about my love. My love would be known forever. Well, that's a romantic ideal, but uh, uh, the people who loved you and who are now dead. and yeah. I know they love me. Well, and my children because you've had the sensation. When you die, that their love for you will have died as well, because it's your memory of that. No, I've died before. Since I came in and gotten... Um, listen, since I've been in this organization and I've engaged um, my relationship with Rob Hickman, my partner, I've died probably nine times already. Yeah. Uh, give me one instance of dying once. Dying is using a very ancient um, medicine. You used? Yeah, called the toad. Oh, the poison from the, the toad? toad? Yeah, the, the, the toad. You, you took that? I took, oh, did I? Yeah. And what happened? And I died. And what was, what, where, what, how do you know, what did you see or what did you feel in, in your death? I didn't see anything. I felt everything. What did you feel? I felt that um, I felt that I was afraid. Afraid? I felt that all everything I did my whole life was because of fear based. And I realized I don't want no one to see. I don't want to be that afraid little boy where everybody could pick beat me up and do whatever they want to me. You had a deep insight into yourself. Yeah. yeah. Well, why? Well, that doesn't sound like dying. That sounds like living. No, no. To get to that, to get to that. Um, to get to that moment, you had to die. My ego death. My ego died. I see. And um, it's only a twenty-minute. I know, but you but know, you get around ten thousand years of experience. Uh, yes, that's fantastic. I, I'm too cowardly to experience that because I, I don't want to go on a bad trip. Uh, well, yeah, you do have some bad trips sometimes. Yeah, that's that's where I don't want to lose control of at least my the fear I have. <clears throat> I'm in control of it up to a certain point, except in the middle of the night when you wake up and think I'm going to die and what's going to happen. Um, since I've been taking it to I don't even think about dying. I think of dying and being glorious. How old are you? I'm 53. How are you doing physically? The best shape I've been in years. Over Fantastic. Years. You don't hurt? I have. I hurt, but... you got to take great. some of your stuff. Yeah, I do that. <laughs> do you really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel better than I felt probably in... 30 years. Your back doesn't hurt? My back hurt, but it's hurt because of uh, a lot of hard work. But when I use my um, copper gel, it's good. It's good? It's just sometimes I don't know when to stop working out. I do it too much. It gets like a drug, and next thing I know, I hurt myself. Oh, that's fantastic. So you've done, you've gone into your psyche nine times. Yes. And each time you died, had a... A, a resurrection in a realization exactly. and came back you know, richer for it. Yeah, I had one experience. I thought I was the baddest man on the planet. I was going to that fuck that. I'm almost like I'm God. How can anybody stop me? And then I met the God of war. And then I just dissolved in his presence. I couldn't even, I couldn't even match being in his, in his presence. So everything do I you, Do I you was, think of yourself as a, a warrior then? As a, an ancient warrior? As a throw, as a warrior reincarnated again and again, hmm. were you a warrior? My ego tells me that. Well, your ego's part of My ego tells me that, you know. But then my ego tells me this: if you're going to take the, um, if you're going to take the warrior's um, ideology, you need a body. You need to kill somebody. So, but you could take the warrior ideology and not. Kill somebody. You could just be noble and and, and uh, truthful. But, that, and, but that's not the war, warrior's ideology to be noble and all that. So that's not really the warrior's ideology. The warrior's ideology is to get the, become, stay alive. To stay alive, but become the best he could possibly be. By only doing that, he has to challenge the best to kill as many people as possible. Yes. Well, I, I guess the interpretation of the word warrior is there's, uh, nothing, there's nothing. There's nothing noble about a warrior. I was taking it, I guess, from the ideals of uh, King Arthur and and the whole romantic idea. No, those, of, guys, those guys, those guys were robbers and criminals. And yes, <laughs> yes. In reality, Which that's what they were. Uh, uh, the the age of um, chivalry. Chivalry, exactly. That isn't necessarily what a warrior is. No. Yeah. 
Wow, Mike. This has been incredible. Definitely. You, you calling a halt to proceedings at all? No, this place no. goes on for hours. We go we go for a little while, but yeah, I mean Tony take- Robbins, we had all those guys, man, but nobody like you, Captain Kirk. Captain Kirk, man. It must be hard to even know you had T.J. Hooker. You well, you're hung up on... Uh, How about Captain the Twilight Kirk, Zone? What? How about the Twilight Zone, man? One of the all-time well, right. episodes. Well, that's Captain Twilight Kirk. Zone. I, you know, from uh, prior to Captain Kirk, I was a popular actor in Canada and then a popular actor on live television in the States and then in the on Broadway. Uh, so I had a good career going prior to Captain Kirk. Then subsequent to Captain Kirk, a lot of things have happened, and so uh, I've, in my mind, I've gone way beyond that. And in certain other people's minds, because they they had a, an experience with the character, they were either watching the show at a very young age, or a lot of people have watched the show with parents who are now dead, and it reminds them of their childhood experience. Who's the oldest celebrity you ever met? Like, who's the oldest famous person, like a vaudevillian that you met? Like George Burns or somebody? Who's the oldest? Uh, French I did meet George Burns. I, I probably uh, Leonard Nimoy. Uh, mm. He did a movie where he went back in time, and I told him, uh, Leonard, you're old when you go back in time and you still look old. That's really old. <laughs> uh, he was about my age. I, I went from being, as you did, the youngest guy in the room. Yeah, you're only what? To being the oldest guy in the room. I don't know when that happened. <laughs> yeah, but it puts you in perspective. You know, as, just, as I see myself in pictures, getting older, because I don't like to look in the mirror and stuff, and just sometimes I look at, my, I look at myself and I say, wow, look, wow. I, um, I saw a girl that um, I dated 17 years ago. I didn't see her in 17 years. She was told, And she still had a picture of me from 17 years, and saw the picture. I said, wow. Hmm. You're stuck in time. Wow. You can't believe you even look at that was me. Wow. Yeah. It's well, but you know, it's frightening. You're looking yeah. elegant with your gray beard. It and looks if you great. That off, you'd you'd lose a lot of years. Well, I would never <laughs> shave it off. But why? Just, huh? Why wouldn't you shave? I don't like beards. You don't. What do women? I knew. I I asked a guy with a beard. His wife was there, and I said to her. Do you like the beard? Because, you know, you ever kiss a guy, you rub your no, my uh, cheek, cheek against a guy in a bristly beard? Yeah. At Christmas. You know, I don't want that next to me. So I'm always shaving when I'm going to see somebody. I, I always shave. Yeah. But So I said to the, his wife, you like the beard? And she went, no. She hated it. And that's why I do it. I do it for I don't want no woman to think I'm attractive. You're still no, handsome, you're Mike. Because you're an attractive man. No, but that's yeah. my purpose. I don't want what? a woman to look at me that way. You don't want a woman to look at you that way? Yeah. Why not? I just don't want, I'm not interested in that. Oh, you don't want to get into that? Yeah, I'm not interested in that. You don't want to be tempted? Yeah, I don't want to Temptation. Be yeah, I don't want to It's be temptation. Hmm. Not having the beard. What? Not having the beard. It would be temptation. I might think that. Calling. Right. Calling upon temptation. Calling upon temptation. So you're fighting that temptation. I'm not fighting it. I'm controlling it. You're controlling that temptation of other women. Yeah, I just don't, mm. know, I just don't want anybody to have no idea of any kind of... Well, you of had a terrible romantic, experience with romantic. another... You, you had the worst experience. You had the, you had the, 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 the male uh, human being's nightmare. No, I didn't. I had the best experience in the world. All right, tell me about that. That was just a great experience. You know? Come on. No, I, no, I had, that's, that's dealing with my feelings. That's all of our feelings, you know what I mean? All of us as men, we're afraid of not being looked at as men. That's your feeling, too, being stripped of your dignity by another man, or even by a woman. That's our biggest fear. That's our quote-unquote tough guy biggest fear, to have another man humiliated. That's our woman. It's the, the fact of us being humiliated, less than being who we perceive ourselves to being in front of Were you people. humiliated by her? No. I don't know. I don't think I was. No. But I, I was humiliated. You were. I was in love. You were in love? Yeah. That's the only way I was humiliated, because I was in love. But does that not uh, then make you redefine the word love? I never defined it. Well, you were yearning for it. It was just a feeling. Right. But what was the feeling? You had a hole. 
and you wanted it filled with that kind of love, no. which is included maternal love, right? I don't believe it was that. It was my egos, my greed, selfishness. No, man. I perceive that no, as love. No, no, no. It's Every the- human being. You know that experiment they had with... Uh, with uh, chimpanzees, they took chimpanzees. I saw that experience. And they went to the base. The they went of, yeah. the the padded, They wanted it. to be held more than they wanted to they eat. eat. Yeah, yes. they, they ate too, but they, they. Well, but they went to be cuddled first. Yeah, but listen, because this all, is something that you have to understand. Since you're being given the dissertation, this what you, once you've been, once you're in love, and once you go through the dark side of love, which is betrayal, you never love the same again. Because you're always on guard, and your and your your virginity has been ruined, big time. Yeah, it changes your life absolutely. Absolutely, I have to be very careful with my engagement with women. Absolutely, we are, our emotions are buried in us that need to be fed, and if they're not fed, they result in other emotions that you don't recognize. So your lack of early love started you on a point of your career, point of your life that gave you a certain angle, your intelligence uh, monitoring those impulses gave you another intelligence, and we all have that to one degree or another. The the reptilian brain and the and the frontal ego is at war all the time. There's no doubt. And it also uses, it uses love as a game, as a tool for a game. You ever meditate, Bill? Meditate? Yeah. I try. Yep. I try to meditate on my breath. Oh, I had a great... Yeah. On my, on my, I, I have a great... So you got an app, Mike? On my, some meditation music, 4 I love it. Um, oh, yeah. You know it's the best meditation? Frequencies off the hook. A little tincture of the stuff. CBD? <laughs> the CBD. Yeah. That's my new sleep potion. That's great. It's great yeah. stuff. Yeah. I meditate every day. Meditation... What do you do... What what is your meditation method? What is the methodology? I sit um, in a chair that allows my hips to be higher than my knees, so that I can have a higher than your uh, an erect spine. So I feel as though a string is pulling the top of my head straight. So you're not you're not caved in exactly. I'm not like slouched at all. My feet are flat on the ground. And I just begin to focus on my breath, in the nose, out the nose. And as our minds are wired to just constantly be figuring out shit, analyzing data, keeping us alive, you know, that reptilian brain, etc., is all happening constantly, especially in this digital age where we have this, you know, these phones and fucking technology and that we're just constantly bombarded by stimuli. So your mind is going to wander. Now, the practice of meditation for me becomes as thoughts come up, as memories come up, I acknowledge them and I bring my focus back to my breath. And it becomes that constant practice of coming back to the breath. Uh, and then I'm meditating. Yeah. The, the impulse is, of course, to fall asleep. Yeah. You've got to avoid that. You're well, not that's not bad either. Well, you know? uh, do you have difficulty going to sleep? No, but once I... Wake up, I stay up all night. Like, I may go to bed mm. 7 o'clock. I wake up at 1. Yeah. I'm not going back to sleep. So I may smoke some weed. I go downstairs, drink some tea, watch some television till like 2, maybe 3 o'clock. And then I get on the, the bike. And I at 3 o'clock in the morning? Yeah, I do the bike for an hour. Now, look, just what you just did there was, like, intense. Yeah, like, I do it very intense. Intense. So let's say 30 <laughs> minutes. In 30 minutes, I may do... 300 calories. I burn 300 calories in 30 minutes. Close to 290, something like that. Get a good sweat on? Um, like somebody is touching me with water. Then I, get off, then I get off of that, and then I might get on the treadmill for an hour. Mm. Get 400 calories. Nice. And I may go to and do some. Do a little weights. Weights, yeah. Bill, do you exercise? I'm in a pool. Nice. I a pool, and I, I keep it warm, so it's pleasant to go in. Nice. And so I go in there, and a great uh, uh, bone surgeon, I don't know what you call him. Uh, orthopedic surgeon. Orthopedic surgeon, perfect. Uh, Dr. Clapper, do you know him? I don't. Dr. Clapper, he had a radio show on for 
on uh, Saturday mornings uh, for a long time. In L.A.? Yeah, he's, he's one of the best. So, uh, and he's become a buddy uh, after two hips. Um, <laughs> two trips to two hips. Anyway, he's become a buddy, comes up for Monday Night Football and that kind of thing. He said, if you walk forward and backward in a swimming pool, just walk forward and backward for half an hour. That's all the exercise you need to do. Mm. You'll be in shape and you'll be loosened up. Interesting. Yeah. Water is very powerful. Very powerful. It, and it takes the onus off your joints. Yeah. That's what I, do. I did that this morning. put some Epsom yeah. salt and some hot water in my bathtub. Yeah, that's awesome. And I have to be in pain though, to get in the bathtub. Cause the yeah, bathtub me too. The last thing I want to mess with that hot water in the sub. And sometimes you just got to get in there. Yeah, yeah. And then you're 100%. Different. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Said, Why didn't I do this? It's early? so rejuvenating. <laughs> right. it's all, yeah. that is, all that trouble with the hot water. Yeah, all this so a hot, a warm swimming pool does it all. Yeah. So definitely. Shower and, and all that stuff. So. And you're a football fan. Big time football fan and and horses. Horses. That's right. I, you do I'm a lot a, of great I, work. A lot of well, I do. Uh, <clears throat> I do a charity. What's your favorite Every year, horse? The Hollywood Charity Horse Show. What is your favorite horse? What breed? So I breed three types of horses. I breed a standard bred, a trotting horse. I breed an American saddlebred, high-going show horse, and a quarter horses, in which I, I compete on all three and have won world championships in the other two. Wow. And one, I'm, I'm up there. as a, I, I've got the potential of winning. Wherever I go, because I've got the horses, not necessarily because of my skill. Although over the years, I've become more skillful than than most. Well, Bill, you're still performing. I'm busy performing. I've um, yeah. Just let's shout out to well, our. I've got a new show uh, called uh, The Unexpected, uh, The Unexplained. It's also unexpected that it's uh, such a hit. Uh, they ordered eight, and then they saw a couple. And um, and uh, they ordered 20 more hours, uh, which is unheard of. So 28 hours for the first season. So it seems to be uh, uh, really going well. The unexplained. Uh, got a couple more shows that I'm just, I believe, I've sold. Uh, make an announcement in the next few weeks. Um, I, I have in my phone a sizzle reel. Which is a part of a sales tool. Mm. Uh, you, you, so you bring the explanation of the show, and you have a little film on the show as sales tools to sell to people who might might buy it. So I've got, I, I uh, rode uh, a new motorcycle, motorcycle, uh, absolutely a new design. Uh, a couple of years ago, this happened, uh, and I drove that motorcycle from Chicago to L.A. Mm. Uh, it took it eight days. And we drove with the American Legion and various other people. So I was raising money for the American Legion, their their college fund, and I was shooting a documentary of the ride, which I called the ride. And we were also trying to sell that new motorcycle. So there was a lot going on. And I've got in my phone the sizzle reel I've, uh, that I'm going around now trying to sell uh, the ride. Um, Plus uh, other things. Uh, many. I'm on tour with uh, with uh, a movie that come out after the movie. Uh, so the Wrath of Khan. I, I've been to many places in the states, and in February I'll tour Europe mm. uh, for uh, several engagements. I'm I'm really busy and really doing a lot of work. Is it too uh, much work? It feels sometimes you get tired. Sometimes you don't know where you, you wake up. You think you're home and you're in another country. For the last many months, I wake up and I think, uh, oh, yeah, I'm home. Or, where am I? And I don't panic <laughs> what anymore. What time it is. Right? What time is it? Oh, my God. I was just in uh, uh, Riyadh, uh, Saudi Arabia, wow. uh, last week. Uh, and then back east until Sunday. Um, yeah. It used to frighten me. Like, where am I? Oh, my God. Now, uh, where am I? Okay, I don't need to be frightened. It'll take a few moments before I realize where I am. So, not only do I not know where I am, I've gotten to the point where I don't get frightened not knowing where I'm at. That's good. That, yeah. Turn that yeah, corner. Somewhere where it's 9 o'clock at night and it looks like it looks outside now. Yeah, exactly. In the morning like, yeah. what the hell? We're walking outside at 10 o'clock at night and it looks like... Are you traveling a lot? Yes. Where, what are you doing? Are you lecturing? I do some of my lectures. I do some of my autograph signings. Yeah. And then I just... Um, 
go around just for my daughter for tennis. She has, I have a young daughter that's 10 years old, and she's training to become a pro tennis player. So we go to France. We go to Wait a minute. She's, she's, uh, 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 she's 10 years old and playing tennis. Yeah, she's a, she's she's really a phenom. She has your, in, your uh, hand-eye coordination. Well, I don't know what she has. She, she's she's got your athleticism. She's good, yeah. She's good. She's I've got good. a 14-year-old doing the same thing. Yes. Yeah, she, she's really good. Hmm. She really likes playing. and she, Has she, she got the rage? She hasn't developed that yet. She has a different lifestyle. Listen, um, I have the rage because if I fail, I fail. Right. I go back to Brownsville. Right. She failed. She still got a big mansion to live in. She has a big pool. <laughs> exactly. She has big cars driving her <laughs> Exactly. Around. So it was a different outlook. Very difficult to have the hunger yeah. when you're. You have to just have some people. Um, let me tell you something funny. Like you look at Muhammad Ali, right? Has both mother, father, happy home, happy family, never poor, middle class, but he had the desire to be the best in something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Listen. Best fighter in the history of the world, right? I don't think he ever had a street fight. Mm. Who? I don't think Muhammad, Muhammad Ali ever had a street fight. Right, right, the story right. That his man. Right. Killed I, 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 I uh, know Louisville, where yeah. he comes from. Um, Gene Kerry told me this. It's this guy that's the bouncer. He's the scariest guy in Louisville. He knocks out guys in the in the because he's a bouncer in, yeah. in the clubs all the time. So he signed up to fight in the boxing tournament, the amateur championship. And Ali's in there. He's the scariest guy. So Ali got to box him. So Ali's scared to death. So Ali's just hitting him with the jab, you know. But he breaks the guy's nose. The guy got two black guys. He beats the guy real easy. And so he's scared. Ali goes in the house and never comes back outside. Because he's scared the guy's going to get him. And that's what Gene Kim So The guy had to come to the door and knock his head. It's okay. You're a great fighter. You have to a great fight. <laughs> but um, he never really, you know, he wasn't a straight right. kid. So um, where did that hunger come from? Exactly. Interesting, An illusion right? of himself. A what? His illusion of himself. That he was the greatest. Yeah. Hmm. He bought into the illusion. That's what it, that's what all of this is about. Our illusion of ourselves. Our illusion is being a scumbag. Our illusion is being a, a rough, ruthless, whatever. Our illusion is being a caretaker in loving people. You know, our illusion of who we are. And and, and Michael, is it? Do you believe that it's all illusion as to who we are? Are do we know who we are ever? Well, I always ask. People just question when I have a chance to say something. It was this person that they discovered um, a fossil of Lucy that's 4.4 million years old. Yes. And so can you fathom the first you, the first man, the first guy to put that seed in your family genes, the first that started the Shatner family, even though it was a different name, but started that, that bloodline. Who was he? What color was he 4.4 million years ago? Well, who do you think he was? Well, we know it was Lucy. Huh? We knew we know it's a little nut brown Lucy. Yeah, but it was four point four million years and that wasn't the first person. Right. That's just the person they happened to find. Right. Who was her mother? Who was her great great grandmother? Right. How'd that go? Exactly. So, um mm-hmm. that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. So who are we? Really? See, I, I'm under the illusion we really don't know who we are. I, I, I'm under the impression that we really don't know who we are, that it's all an illusion. We like to think we're this, yes. so we think we're, we're, we're really bad, but we're really good, but we're good and bad. But what, is, what is good and bad? <laughs> Who's, what's the definition of good and bad? Well, do you know there were tribes in the, uh, the, 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 the Sahara, Sahara Desert, it was one of the big deserts, uh, tribes living uh, in such... Um, precarious circumstances that life and death was very close when you couldn't fulfill uh something to help the tribe whether you were young or old uh go die so the old when they couldn't do anymore wandered off into the desert and died that was their custom that was good now you'd say are you crazy you told your parents to wander off into the desert you didn't put them in a home are you mad what's the matter with you you're bad So the whole, You're the whole definition about, of bad and good. That was in Sapiens, the book. Have you read I, that? Uh, I, might, I must have. Yeah. But, uh, but I've read that in, yeah. in uh, tribe, tribal yes. behavior. Yes. If you just examine what people think is good and what people think is bad, changes all the time. Yeah. Bill, it's, it's really – thank you. Wonderful. Thank, thank you, you for coming. Well, it's been a joy. I really appreciate it. Uh, I'm glad to have met you. But, Michael, I, 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 I've just – Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, dude. Mike? 
Yes. Great episode, brother. Always with you, my friend. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you for everything. Well, listen, I, I take um, Bill as being like a really extreme, like, intellectual pacifist. Like, Yeah. Bill's the man, dude. <laughs> I mean, what else are we going to say? He's enlightened. He's an enlightened Bill. Definitely. Um, well, anyway, thank you, everybody, no for tuning in. I Canada either, man. Montreal. Thank you for America. Yeah. I know. Hey, I just want to say one more thing. What do you think when Eddie Murphy said you 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 fuck a purple bitch or a green bitch? Remember the thing? Eddie Murphy on Raw. He said Captain Kirk will fuck a green bitch. Remember that stuff? Definitely. Oh god. An alien, dude. Yeah, right. Fucking alien. Well, that green stuff comes off on you. Oh my god. Love it. Well, hey everybody, thanks for tuning in. Uh, We love you guys. Check out. Uh, oh, you can stream the podcast on Apple and Podcast One. Until next time, I'm Eben Britton. And I'm Mike Tyson saying so long. Peace. Out of here. This episode of Hot Boxing is sponsored by Talkspace. Head over to Talkspace.com or download the app. And be sure to use code TYSON to get $100 off your first month. This episode is also sponsored by BetDSI.com. Head over to BetDSI.com and use promo code TYSON101 for 100% bonus match. And show your support for our show. Hi, this is Danny Roof, the Real GM Radio Podcast. And I want to take a minute to talk about DeAndre Ayton. The number one pick of the 2018 draft definitely has not gotten the attention of high-profile lottery picks Luka Doncic and Trey Young during the early going, but he has been excellent and a key part of the Phoenix Suns being on the precipice of the NBA Finals. Aiton is presenting a matchup nightmare for the LA Clippers that Rudy Gobert simply was not. Gobert is a wonderful player, deserving Defensive Player of the Year, but Aiton puts more pressure on opposing defenses. He's used his size mismatches for offensive rebounds, and he's also been able to contest shots around the basket and make life hard on the Clippers there too. So it is a huge performance for him, averaging 20 points, 13 and a half rebounds through the first four games of the series. And it's been so exciting to see a physically talented player really come into his own on the brightest stage so far of his career. Hi, this is Daniel Rue from the Real GM Radio Podcast. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now on the pro basketball, hockey playoffs, and Major League Baseball season. BetOnline.net has all the action. Basketball, the playoff battles continue as their teams make the run for the championship. America's pastime is in full swing. And let's not forget about hockey's chase for the cup. BetOnline has you covered. If you love golf, MMA, championship boxing, they have that too. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports, the news, scores, and odds. So head to the website, use your mobile device, and bring home the game with BetOnline.net.